Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're spending a second consecutive week at Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 27. Shortly before going to the cross, Jesus is delivering what has become known as his Olivet Discourse. In these verses, Jesus ties future events spoken about by prophecies in the Old Testament to his future second coming. Now, the disciples didn't figure out how all of this fit together until after Jesus was resurrected and the Holy Spirit came upon them to remind them about all that Jesus had said. They were expecting him to take his rightful place as king and to do it soon, because the Old Testament clearly taught that's what the Messiah would do. But now that Jesus was here, he was telling them he would be delivered up and crucified and die. Well, those things didn't fit together in their minds. And now Jesus is adding to the confusion by talking about all the things that still had to come to pass leading up to his taking his rightful place on the throne as king. Well, praise God, they did put it all together eventually and wrote it down for our edification. See how it all fits together this week. And here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Second Coming, Part 2. It's going to be a literal kingdom. Now, how do we know that? Well, if you read through the book of Daniel, Daniel was given this big overview of human history and all of these human dynasties that would come, all of these kingdoms that would come and they would go and they would be, they would rise and they would prosper and they would be destroyed. Jesus is given a kingdom. The only difference is, well, actually not the only difference. One difference is, would you notice that his kingdom is worldwide? All the peoples, nations, and men of every language. And the second distinction is his kingdom lasts forever. It's an everlasting kingdom which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed, as will all the others that Daniel has just described. He's going to reign on earth for a thousand years. And you say, well, that's not forever. No, but guess what? Go study 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and you'll see after the thousand years, what does he do? He gives the kingdom to the Father who gave it to him. It is an everlasting kingdom. So Jesus makes it clear he is the one described by Daniel. And we're going to turn to Revelation before we finish this morning. Don't go there now, but it's this second coming which immediately precedes the inauguration of the kingdom on earth for a thousand years which is the beginning of the eternal kingdom. And would you notice how precisely it says he will return? On the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. I've seen some spectacular pictures of clouds, but when they're lighted by the glory of God, I can't even imagine what that's going to look like. Remember last week I showed you that scene at the ascension of Jesus, Acts chapter 1, verse 9. After he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And do you remember what the angels said when he ascended to heaven? Verse 11 of Acts 1, This Jesus, 
who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven, supernaturally in a cloud. And they said that moments after that cloud received him. Going to come just the same way that he went. One little different touch. Now, I don't mean that there was no power and there was no glory involved when Jesus ascended. That was pretty astounding. But when he comes back in the clouds with power and great glory, just imagine clouds glowing by the brilliance of the glory of Jesus Christ. How brilliant is that glory? Well, in that eternal kingdom, we read this about it, Revelation 21, 23, referencing the new Jerusalem. It says, And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it. Well, that's a good thing because they're going to have been destroyed in the chapter before that. For the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. Wow. How does that work? I don't know. But you won't have to change light bulbs in the New Jerusalem. Revelation 22, 5. And there shall no longer be any night, and they shall not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illumine them, and they shall reign forever and ever. Jesus spoke of it here in the Olivet Discourse in His day. He references Zechariah, who had predicted it beforehand. He references Daniel, who had predicted it beforehand. And then it's all described for us in the book of Revelation. Do you see why I say the Olivet Discourse is the grand central station of Bible prophecy? All the threads pass through there. The Zechariah reference, Zechariah chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. In that day, there will be no light. The luminaries will dwindle. That's talking about God turning out the lights. For it will be a unique day. Oh, yeah, the day Jesus comes. That's going to be pretty unique. Which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night, but it will come about that at evening time there will be light from the glory of God. You see how consistent the prophecies are? What Jesus said about turning out the lights of the universe is... Just an elaboration of what God revealed to Zechariah and what Jesus said about lighting the darkness with his future glory. It echoes Zechariah's prophecy, and you're going to see the same thing in Revelation 19 in a few moments. That is the sequence of events. Immediately after the days of that tribulation, the phenomena, oh, Turn out the lights, light it up with the glory of God, Jesus returns. And then we have this description in verse 27, the gathering of his people. Jesus said this, and then he, he is the son of man, he will send forth the angels and will gather together His elect from the four winds, from the farthest end of the earth to the farthest end of heaven. 
Now, let me ask you, where is the farthest end of a sphere? And how far do you have? That's just a, that's just a way of a, a metaphorical way of saying from all over. He's come now. He's vanquished all of his enemies. We'll see that in a couple minutes as well. Now all that's left is to inaugurate the kingdom, to launch the kingdom. So he's gathering together those who are alive, who have, who have lived until the end of the tribulation. They've been faithful to the end. They will be gathered together and they will be the earth's initial population for the thousand-year kingdom. That's the gathering of his people. All of those who've come to believe in him during the last seven years gathered together to populate the earth. He's going to use angels to do it. I can't think of a better way. I can't think of how they're going to do it either, but they're going to do it. You know, angels are very prominently associated with the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. And in this case, he's going to use them to gather together his people. Now, we also have a hint from Revelation chapter 20 that all of those who came to believe during the 70th week and were martyred for their faith, and that's going to be a big number of people, they will be resurrected at that same time as well. So in a sense, they are also gathered together. And in the case of those resurrected, they're going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. Oh, and by the way, if you're believing in Him now, so will you. Go read Romans chapter 8, Revelation chapters 2 and 3. That's the end of Jesus' personal description of His own second coming here in the Olivet Discourse. Now, there's a little more in Matthew 13 from that discourse, and I'm going to take you on one quick side trip over to, over to, uh, uh, to Matthew beyond what Mark said and show you some things there that happen immediately after the um, second coming. But before we leave the subject of the second coming, we really need to turn to Revelation chapter 19. This is the detailed description of the second coming. Jesus compressed it into three verses in our Bible, a couple of sentences. We have the fuller description adding to what's in Zechariah 14, adding to what's in the Olivet Discourse. I want to I read it to you without commentary. I say that for a couple of reasons. One is, if you love His appearing, no comments I could make would make it any more majestic. The other reason for no commentary is, if I started, we wouldn't get home tonight because we've lost daylight saving and we'd have an hour less to, to get there. Revelation chapter 19, let's put in at verse 11. Okay, I've got a comment. Uh, the book of Revelation, contrary to what a lot of people think, has very specific structure and sequence to it. And this is part of the final sequence of visions that, that the Apostle John sees that includes the, the, the final judgment and the, and the second coming and the battle of Armageddon. And so he says this, and I saw. That's, that's a way that uh, the, the Greek tips you off that this is a new... Um, a new scene within the same vision, or a scene within the act of a play, if you will. All right, he says this. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon it is called Faithful and True. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.